You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desitel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Environmentally Speaking. Hi, everyone. I'm Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney in Rhode Island. And I'm Clarice. I'm coming in with questions, comments, topics. And this one is, uh, well, I think it's aptly named. It's coming from the, um, it looks like an online news group or article group called Heated. And I get why people get heated. I have so many things to say, and none of them relate to the topic that we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so, Folks, I'm more than just color. I keep us on topic. Thank God, because <laughs> I would just sit here and chat with you. <laughs> so speaking of chatting, we are chatting about this article that you sent me. Um, like I said, it's from a group called Heated, and it is the article title is the fossil fuel industry's deceptive campaign to kill offshore wind. Now I could have sworn that we'd talked about this topic in a previous episode, but you were kind enough to go back and, and tell me that we have not, but I'm wondering if I'm experiencing, experiencing some deja vu here because I think that this is not the first time that the fossil fuel industry has tried something like this. No, yeah, you're probably experiencing some some jaded deja vu because they yeah. do this. This is yeah. their this is their deceptive, and um, I'm just going to come right out and say it: aggravating practice. Ugh. So, what is it that they're alleging? What's going on? So, right now. Um, consider this an update from our September 12th episode where we talked about um, offshore wind. Um, Right now, there are several fossil fuel groups who have banded together. Specifically, this article discusses the the Texas Public Policy Foundation, um, and they're advocating against the, you know, creation, installation, and, and use of these offshore wind farms specifically actually targeting the one in Rhode Island and the ones near mass. And they're saying, and this kills me, it kills me to say it, kills me to read it. They're saying that these offshore wind farms are hurting the environment. And it's going to just, you know, decimate the, the ocean life. Well, that's not, it's in- not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Uh, Offshore wind, as we've talked about previously, if cited correctly and and studied, if the the benthic habitat and the fisheries are studied appropriately to create a baseline, there's an appropriate way to build them. Unfortunately, that's not what we're seeing, at least in Rhode Island. I have to say that I would agree with the disinformation being spread yeah. by, and I just did air quotes, uh, the disinformation being actually the truth in this case, but it's the source. Yes. The fossil fuel industry trying to, to put out 
information that seems pro-environment when they've been the responsible industry in creating climate change and global warming. So the irony is is not lost. No, and I think that's what's, um, we'll link this article in the show notes, but this is, that's what really ticked me off about it. They were making really salient points, but I just didn't like who was saying it. it. It's like when that coworker that you don't really like is right. And you just, you don't, you know, you don't want them to be right, but the message is, is on point. Um, you work from uh, home, don't you? I do. So what coworker? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like when you're right? No, it's a, I mean, yeah, I work from home. I don't have any coworkers nearby. I'm trying to be relatable yeah. to, to our audience. No, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think I, you know, it was, I think what rubbed me the wrong way about all of this is, is it's an organization that has done so much destruction to our environment. who was classically not cared. Um, has absolutely put profits over any sort of protection mm-hmm. and progress. And now they're coming out and saying this alternative is harmful and we should all be really afraid and worried. And they couldn't sit for any of that and refused to acknowledge and basically outspent anybody who had a similar opinion. And this group is the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Yes. It's an interesting name too. Texas Public Policy Foundation. They make it seem like the public policy that they're promoting is righteous. Yeah. It it sounds very, in my mind, I hear that. And I think it sounds very legislative. They are part of, I'm reading from the article right now, the Mm -hmm. TPPF is part of the state policy network, a group of conservative nonprofits that fight climate policies across the country. Its primary goal in the climate space is shifting public opinion to reject mainstream climate science and be more supportive of fossil fuels. That makes sense then that they would take this position against offshore wind and Mm -hmm. say that it's harmful to the environment because it would create a situation that is more supportive of fossil fuels. The thing that I don't understand, though, is it seems so short sighted because fossil fuels are a finite resource. Mm -hmm. What happens when the resource is completely depleted? These people are out of a job. Mm -hmm. And then what? For us, panic and fear. (laughs) For them, I think, you know, oh God, I'm starting to sound like the cynic Me? and negative. Yeah. Their yeah. nest egg is built there. I don't really think that they care. Ugh. Um, TPPF has received money from ExxonMobil, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, Luminant, and its largest donor is Charles Koch. The fossil fuel billionaire has given at least 7.6 million to TPPF. Huh. 7.6 million. They're Just they're really doing this. write that check. Yeah. They're really doing million. this out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. No, no ulteriors or alternatives there. Oh. 
Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch, but the article includes a video that they created and put out. And this video is shot to look like they're interviewing Rhode Island fishermen and um, folks in the fishing community uh, talking about what harm could come from the offshore wind project, um, talking about the failures that occurred within Vineyard Wind. Um, And they also spent a lot of time, and I've noticed a lot of their other campaigning work uh, discusses the right whale and the detrimental effects this could have on the right whale. And I am being extra cynical. I don't know if those are actual locals. Are they real fishermen? Who are these people? Like, I'm not looking for their CVs, but seeing where the money is coming from in this case, I'm questioning everything. I'm very bothered by this. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting worked up. That's why it's called heated, I bet. Um, It is, again, the information isn't wrong. It's the propaganda behind it. Mm -hmm. And there's no there's no call to action that is actually helpful (laughs) to the environment. A proper call to to action might be get in touch with your local representatives, your, your local politicians and start asking questions and putting some pressure on having more environmental studies done, but simply declaring offshore wind to be anti-environment doesn't doesn't help you have to do more than that Mm -hmm. the fossil fuel industry is not going to do more than that because their call to to action is go back to fossil fuels yeah it's that idea of safe established and known um but the safe part isn't necessarily true it's not terribly reliable we know it we know the harmful effects um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting the sense that it's a lot of this project didn't work once here and we don't know what else. So there's that kind of building in the fear of the unknown. I'm liking this cynical. I don't like this. Clarice. I didn't, I did not like this article. <laughs> I, well, when I say that, I mean, the article was written well and I enjoyed it. I just, the topics were pissed me off. I do work with folks that are involved with the renewable energy industry. And it's a complete 180 from the environmental work that I do because most people think that if a project is labeled as green or renewable, that must also mean that it's good for the environment. That is not the case. Mm -mm. But the renewable energy industry is aimed at trying to improve the climate crisis, which is pro-environment, but there are nuances that get lost in the shuffle. The, The collective panic that people are experiencing right now as a result of warming oceans and, and sea level rise, Mm -hmm. you, you're losing I think the nuances that are important in terms of micrositing, like I was referencing with with renewable energy, offshore wind, 
these projects can be done and cited appropriately, but you have to take time and look at current conditions and best practices, best science, best data. And unfortunately, that's not happening. We're just Mm -hmm. climate crisis, panic, and hurry up and build these offshore wind turbines. I agree with the fossil fuel industry to that extent, but not anything further. I don't agree that we need to continue to rely on fossil fuels. Absolutely. That was a, it was weird hearing you say that you agree with the fossil fuel industry, even though it was that minute specific Just piece. Very, very tiny. It still area. sounded weird. Um, and I think that's what's ticking me off the most. And it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah triangle of interests right now between renewable energy, fossil fuel, and pro-environment groups. Yeah, it's a, right now it's a sticky situation. There's, at this point, there's no, I don't see there being an immediate answer or or a quick fix. Oh, I no. think, I think like you said, there needs to be that micrositing, doing that sort of work, um, I don't see that conversation coming up on the table, Mm-mm. which is we're screwed. Yeah. Well then, happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like I said, we're gonna link this article in the show notes. I do want to shout out and give credit. This article was a joint effort between um, Heated and another group called Distilled. Um, the authors were Emily Atkins and Michael Thomas. We're going to link that in the show notes. Uh, folks, give it a read. Maybe watch the video. Get, I want to hear reactions. How do you feel about this? Does it give you the same icky feeling I'm getting? Um, is is a win a win? I don't know. I don't know what this is. I don't know if anybody's as upset as we are. So you can find Probably us. Probably not. <laughs> no. no, no, no one's as upset as we are. Well, listen, nobody's as upset as me and the bosses. <laughs> I, I will proudly be the angriest person when it comes to idling bosses, but that's different. <laughs> different podcast episode, right? Was that the last one that we did? Or was no, it two that was two ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so go back and give that a listen. Yeah, that one's entertaining. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Desatel Law. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, our videos are on YouTube if you want to watch us while we talk. Uh, you can also reach out to us via email. Help at desateliesq.com. Nicely done. Thanks. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.